to get things underway, I'm going to select a passage from the AA Big Book uh, to read, and then I'll hand it over to Paul, who will talk about it for a while before we open up the room for questions. And um, I thought, let's, let's just go over to the uh, Ninth Step Promises on page pages 83 and 84 of the big book page 83 beginning uh, at the bottom of the page if we are painstaking about this phase of our development we will be amazed before we are halfway through we're gonna know a new freedom and a new happiness we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of, un, of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. You're on, Paul. I was just sitting back for a few more pages there. <laughs> no, no, this is going to be surprise, surprise. <laughs> Caught me by surprise. That's all right. I'm ready. So uh, because I am uh, intuitively directed. I know you are. <laughs> all right. So this is obviously talking about the ninth step, the ninth step provinces. And uh, first of all, Paul alcoholic nice to see everybody uh, again the premise of all the talks uh, relies upon the the description on page 64 and the condition it's speaking about which is being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us yeah that's the premise that's the foundation of a new view or just a view of everything else that's presented in the book it's not changing anything it just see you see things differently and maybe the emphasis shifts from you to something other than you and maybe you can recognize you are not that which has defeated us and that will severely diminish uh, its ability to to defeat us because it's basic 
strategy is to convince us that it's us. So that's how it really lays the groundwork for all the defeats that occur. So yeah, when I hit, uh, so step nine with, for me was one of the more, uh, I sensed a lot of change because obviously I was living life from a failed strategy, which was to avoid things at all costs, really. So if I stepped on someone's toes, you know, I'd move to another town or something. Yes, it was just extreme solutions. And in a weird way, the head was feeling like it was successful because I was conveniently avoiding a lot of these reckonings. I didn't understand that I was being used like a storage unit with a lot of dead space. And I had to pay a lot of money for the security guards to watch it so that no one would be able to see. It was exhausting, really. Use the simple example of uh, living in San Francisco. There was an area called North Beach, which was very, very difficult to find parking in. And there was a meeting there Thursday nights that I'd like to go to. And I had my first vehicle in recovery uh, uh, an Isuzu pickup that had gotten kicked by Godzilla. It was bent halfway. You couldn't open the passenger door. Uh, I paid $300 for it. <laughs> and I realized you couldn't kill this thing. This thing kept on living, but it was a strange vehicle. But nonetheless, I needed to have a parking space. So all during the week, uh, you know, I'd be looking forward to this meeting. And then when I drove over there, I would always avoid this one street that I don't, maybe would have parking spaces, but I never even went down there because there was a market on that street called Rossi's Market that I used to steal from when I lived in North Beach while under the influence. Yeah, I used to go in there with a long trench coat, take some flat stakes, and some 16 ounce beers and put them in there and walk out. And that was basically my nutrition for the day as I pursued other things. Yeah, so I did this pretty much every day. Only once did some guy who worked there look down the aisle when I was doing it, but I it never got nabbed, yes? So I got sober, uh, seemingly able to forget it un until Thursday night showed up. And then I would not go down that street because Rossi's market was there. Yeah. And so one day I just had enough and I said, I'm going to go make amends to Rossi's market. So I went up there, cashier. I said, uh, I need to talk to the manager. He says, he's upstairs. I went upstairs and I told him, and the way I was taught to do ninth step amends is to, to mention that you're in a program of recovery. Yeah. So I, told him and I said, hey, I used to live here. I stole a lot of shit. Here's 55 bucks or something. I didn't, I didn't have the receipts for all the stolen stuff. I didn't have the correct total. I probably took the lower number, not the higher number. So I hand the guy 55 bucks and he's sort of like, wow. And I walked out of there and then I never thought about Rossi's market again. Yeah. I was freed. I could drive down that street. I could park even right in front of Rossi's market. Yeah. So I had a new way to face life and it was proving successful. 
which was making amends because not making amends wasn't proving successful. It was, it had my life so small. I basically, it didn't have any moves left. I was like on one square. I couldn't go there. couldn't see him. I can't talk to her. Yes. It was insane. So, <laughs> Uh, this is what happened. A lot of, a lot of what you would call my or your life was reclaimed. Yeah. Cause it had been auctioned off to this fucking insane thing run, running the show and life recycled it, took it back and put it to better use. Yeah. What? So this is, I was so gung ho for the ninth steps. Yeah, I did. And then uh, another example before that is when I got into AA, I had had uh, for a couple of years in the in my act out my activities near the end. I had met a woman who I was running around with, very nice lady when I met her, but she wasn't looking that great uh, at the end. Yeah, and so she got introduced to shit that you wouldn't want to introduce people to, and uh, went down that path and. Uh, so when I got sober and started to become conscious again, I felt very uncomfortable about my, I felt I was a cause of a lot of her troubles. Yeah. So I wanted relief like most addicts would alcoholics. So I found out where she was working in, in San Fran at this uh, Buena Vista cafe. And I decided I'm going to call her and make an amend. I'm at the first step. Have, I have not been brought into a condition to actually do an amend. I was just basically trying to get relief from the guilt and shame. So I found, uh, called her up and asked uh, the one who answered, and she must have been, she was a waitress. They called her over. So she gets on the phone, and as soon as she hears my voice, she says, I never want to hear this voice ever again this life. Yeah. So, so it didn't go well, in a sense. In a sense, because I wasn't at the ninth step. It's a linear process. I wanted to jump to the ninth step because I felt uncomfortable. It had nothing to do with I'm willing to change my behavior and shit like that. I just didn't want to feel bad. Yeah. So uh, those two things are very profound in my understanding of the power of the steps done in order. Yeah and how each step changes a condition so that you're ready to be convinced or be able to really do the ninth step in the spirit that it was presented. Yes. Yeah, it was really cool. So uh, the ninth step was very powerful because I was completely uh, a prisoner of the past, not by reliving it, but by avoiding it all fucking day. Yeah, trying to and uh thinking i was succeeding really which was really insane and then uh so i have a and then these ninth step promises obviously every one of us this is not this is a something that you can identify with if you've done the steps you have had these effects yeah you have to some greater level or smaller level but you've had the effects and of course most people would always make the mistake of uh that you're not going to have economic insecurity that's not what they're saying you're going to lose the fear of economic insecurity yeah in other words everything may not get great but you're going to travel lighter through it so this pollyanna view of all right 
like I should get a medal because I'm not drinking anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? They should have a parade and I should get a lot of accolades and shit like that. No, you're just doing the, the, the next right thing now. You're sober. Yeah, no big deal in a way to other people. So <laughs> the idea of, I thought my economic insecurity, I thought I was going to get a payment every week from AA, <laughs> like a like the doll, you know what I mean? <laughs> Government support. No, you're getting a lot of payment. It may not be in cash, but you'll be able to live life successfully. Hallelujah. Yeah. So the ninth step is very... Uh, and if you want to talk about the, the workings of it, the way I was presented to do it was write the ones you were willing to do like today. Yeah. And then the ones you have a little concern with because you're afraid of the reaction and then the ones you'll never want to do. So basically, as soon as I started the, the process, uh, all that shit I was conveniently avoiding found me. I kept running into people and situations where the appropriate response would be make an amend. <laughs> I didn't even look for most of them. They sort of ran into me and oops, I owe you $50 for a phone bill. I owe you this, I owe you that. <laughs> Sometimes it was out of self-preservation. I saw a dealer that I owed money to and he, was, he would kick my ass. So I ran over to him at the concert and gave him some money. <laughs> <laughs> before he punched me in the face. So, <laughs> so yeah, this is like a reclamation. How, you know, we're, we're outmatched. We've been beat up. Yeah. We see left from right and up is down and backward is forward. It's just, it's amazing. It hasn't been worse really in a lot of ways. Yeah. And what happened in recovery, I saw like the strategies of this life were totally insane. Yeah, I would actually think it was a good move to run from the cops in an alley, like in a dead end alley. Only bad shit happens from that behavior. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just getting arrested, you get roughed up before you go to get arrested. It's insane. Or mouthing off to the cop when they arrested me as if I'm, <laughs> I'm going to change their mind. Yeah, it just made it worse. So, yeah, there's a, it was a, a rude awakening. And, you know, there was going to be needing a, a complete overhaul. And especially in the personal area, it was going to be relationships with people. Yeah, they were completely, I had the, in, I was under the inability to have a person, you know, a viable relationship with another person. Yeah. I didn't start there. I sort of ended there. Yeah. And a lot of the bottoms we talk about, uh, they're only when you move away. Yeah. That's the one. But I lived in a bottom. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, the, my bottom was Wednesday, March 20th. No, it was 19th, 18th, 17th, 16th, 88, 87, 86, 85. <laughs> It was uh, it was a rather long occupation. And so then, <laughs> what was your bottom like? Tedious, long, fucking, pitiful, and comprehensively demoralizing. <laughs> Truly, if you would have asked me how I was doing, okay, <laughs> I got it going on. It's gonna get better as soon as I pick up this shit from my dealer.
Yeah, it's insane. Eh? So, hallelujah, hallelujah for recovery. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. I can rip away, you know, you can see all this stuff. Self is mentioned quite a lot here. Self-seeking will slip away. Yeah. Self-pity will disappear. It has a lot to do with health, doesn't it? Self-pity will disappear. Self-seeking will slip away. <laughs> this is the whole lot of it there. Yeah? So basically, when there's a loss of interest in self, self-seeking dis- will leave us. Yeah? When there's a loss of interest in self, self-pity will disappear. Yeah? Yeah. You lose interest in self. Can you lose interest in self? No, that would be interest in self. But can there? Can you go undergo a change in one's life through the program of recovery? Yes. And what will one of the effects of that change be? A loss of interest in self. Hallelujah. Again, facing life successfully. We've got to get out of something that we can't get out of as that something. Yes? Self can't get out of self. You better learn it. You better learn that one because you may spend a lot of time trying to escape from something as that's something you would like to escape from. Just really, really. And that's all goes back to the, the premise we're sharing here about the identification as self is as the activity of the mental addiction. Yeah. We live as if we're an image that our head casts. Yeah, we do. My being Paul now is based on I was Paul and I will be Paul, which is all fucking manufactured from the head. Yes. Completely manufactured from the head. And where does the problem reside in the head? So the manufacturing of self is infected with the problem of alcoholism and addiction. That's that simple. Yeah, we need relief from the bondage of self. That's the, we need relief from the bondage of self. Yeah, we must be something else that can be bound to self. What is that something else? On page 64, it's called us, yeah? It says, being clear that self manifests in various ways has defeated us. What is bonded to self is us. It is not self bonded to self. You are not a self that's bound to self. You are us, I would say, a spiritual nature that seemingly is bound to this idea, this mental idea that we're a thing, a doer, a feeler, a taster, a toucher, yes? And it will it will basically beat off all evidence to the contrary. You'll have a miracle, half hour later you forget it, yeah? You feel a little bit of discomfort. You think it's a lifelong depression setting in. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? We just live in a world of what's not happening, where mountains are made out of molehills. Yeah. That a problem that every one of us shares, we present it as my problem, the problem. No one has this problem that I have. I am completely uniquely fucked. No, you're not. It's never been the case. Yeah. So I, I'm happy to be here uh, as always. 
I would just like, I think there's a lot of possibility of real relief that we're, that I think, I believe in a lot of our communities, at least the ones I know, it's, it, it rests as an unsuspected resource, a clear diagnosis of what's actually happening before and after we're sober, that bondage of self. Yeah. You have that basically no chance before you're sober, but now you have a chance to see it after you're sober. Yeah. You can actually get down to the exact nature and the causes of our situations. We can. We're not sort of, you know, constantly battling the demons of consequences. Yeah. We've been given some freedom. We have the ability to enjoy peace of mind. We can we can respond to an intuitive thought. We're available, we're present, yeah? That's the gift of sobriety. Now let's see what's the root of the problem. So it doesn't find a home in our recovery, please, yeah? You don't want it to be thinking it's recovered. (laughs) That's a because actually it's going to think it's recovered. You just don't want to believe it. Yeah. It will talk to you as now a recovered self, (laughs) which is still the bondage of self (laughs) recovered or not. So thanks. I'm happy to see everybody and not everybody, but most of you (laughs) around the squares. All right everybody that comes around i think we're all winners uh thanks paul thanks a lot and and you know this this is our whole plan of action is relief from the bondage of self and it all begins with the exposure of of self how the manifestations of self and uh and you explained that's that is is what you talk about uh week after week is is how it's illustrated it's given to us in black and white right here in the big book but we miss it so often yeah i mean i think someone sent me uh a thing they did of counting all the time self is used in the big book. It's a huge amount. <laughs> you would think sure. you'd like to have a clear sort of sense felt definition of it. Like that would be applied to your own experience, not some psychologist idea, but actually what does it feel like to be taken over by something that you're not? We have those experiences with alcoholism and addiction. Well, there's a prior addiction, which is the mental addiction to being the doer, the thinker, the haver, the loser. Yeah. You apply the same uh, knowledge. You see the knowledge of the disease. You don't let the disease to claim that have, you know, claim the knowledge. You have a knowledge of the disease or an understanding. You recognize it. Yeah. Isn't that what we do in the inventory? We see the patterns of how self has defeated us. Yeah, so we can recognize it in in our life. Yeah. 
I think we lost you. I think uh, Carrie came unmuted and then he muted himself. You got to keep him muted for sure. I know it. Please. <laughs> a muted is a better. <laughs> All right, man. So. That's wonderful. Now, does anybody have any comments to make or any questions to ask Paul about any of the 12 steps? He can expound on any of them. Do we have, all you have to do is raise your little virtual hand. Hey, Mickey, Mickey, yes. I'll, just read the, I'll just read the promises again and then we can take off on them, yeah? Sounds so, good. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, what phase of that development? The ninth step, yes? Right. Yeah, meaning trying to be thorough with the amends. Now, the way I was taught, let's say if I have, I owe amends to people who I had one night stands with, yeah? I didn't try to look for every person I had a one night stand with. I saw the pattern of all the one night stands. What was I really there to get? It wasn't basically the individual. There's a pattern with all that behavior. Yes. And so maybe I make a, I write a little letter to all those people and I put it in my drawer because I don't think I'm that important that I have to search out every fucking person. <laughs> It's just about really a lot. Of, it has to do with a willingness to make the amend. Yeah, more than making the amend. I mean, I didn't fly to Europe and then meet someone and the person I completely forgotten what I had been dwelling on for years. A terrible thing. They didn't even remember fucking anything. It'd be crazy. <laughs> so here uh, we are painstaking about this phase of our development development we will be amazed before we are halfway through that's a, an apt description of what it was like i remember this guy i saw a guy i owed money to my first reaction was to turn left and then the aa reaction was pull over and call him and i did and then he came over and uh gave him the money and that was that forgot completely completely forgot about tony all that space that Tony was inhabiting, the idea of Tony was taken, and now it was being used to uh, to maybe enjoy peace of mind in, who knows? All right, and now that we no one has any questions, I'm gonna tell you another event that was very big in AA. I must have been about a year sober, maybe less something, and I was trying to I was gonna buy a car from people in AA. And I took it on this road near Santa Cruz. And uh, there's a mountain to get back to San Francisco to go north. It's sort of dangerous road at night. And this and it was raining. And the car that I was in hydroplaned. And it was so weird. I was in the car and time really slowed down. And I came, I said, I'll know how bad it is when I hit the the the, uh, the rail, the guardrail. And so it seemed like I forever I was spinning and then I hit the guardrail, wasn't bad, but now I was facing the wrong way on this two lane highway, going around a turn and, and fucking cars are coming, yeah? 
So this guy pulled over, I get the lights on, and he puts a, a blinking light in front. Now these cars are hitting things, not bad, but they're hitting them, each other and everything. It's like a big event. And I'm thinking, I'm fucked. I'm gonna cause a death on this road, yeah? And all of these insurance policies, what the hell, I won't be able to. So we try, we get the car started and I'm thinking, I'm gonna take off. <laughs> and these people are all pulling over to this rest area who hit each other and shit. I'm taking off. That would be my whole reaction, you know? Just fucking, I'm gonna go to the next uh, turn off, hide in a garage, something, let it blow over and then drive. <laughs> but I said, no, that the AA gravity pulled me and kept me there. And I said, no. So I pulled into the rest area and everyone's there. The cops show up, the fire truck. And now everyone, I'm thinking, I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> you know? And then they go, does anyone want us uh, do a complaint? And no, and oh, everyone looked around. No. And then they go, what about you? And they all look, he looked under my car to see if it was drivable. And he said, okay. And it, the whole thing was like a giant symphony, symphony waiting for that big drum bomb or gong. It never happened. The whole thing was being made up in my head. It was done and everyone just drove away. <laughs> and the funny thing is I had a voice recorder. So not to have the head spin it, I told exactly what I felt like. And I stopped and I tried to call someone in AA and say, you can't believe what just happened. I had, I wanted to take off and I didn't and nothing fucking occurred. No charges, nothing. It was amazing. It's like nothing happened. So this was huge, a huge event. And this is what I feel like you have these moments, let's say in, in beginning of AA, where the old way calls you big time, yeah? something occurs and you just want to rely on what was unreliable like just fucking run do something lie and then you have the moment and you're directed something does for you what you couldn't do for yourself and you stay and you tell the truth and then you're you're amazed you're amazed before it's halfway through you're amazed how 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 it works yeah and suddenly there's a now, instead of bonded to self, you're getting bonded to the principles of the program. Yeah. You're bonding to that, which is going to override the bondage of self. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, back to here, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. It's beautiful that they were that they use the word new. Yeah. Because all I was looking for were old freedoms and old happiness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for that feeling when I got the first shot of good cocaine in my vein. <laughs> I didn't want new freedom. I wanted the old freedom, which was the bondage. You know? So we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. No, because I'm in there making amends. Yeah. And that amend is being used to recycle that dead air, that dead space in that storage unit. Yeah. And it's going to it's going to better me and others. Yeah. We will not regret the past nor shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. These are nice effects, aren't they? No matter how far down the scale we have gone, 
we will see how our experience can benefit others. Hasn't that been the point in AA? Yeah. Really, on one level, the alcoholic's probably not going to hear it from anyone but another alcoholic. Yeah. Because it is a shared misery. Because one thing is taking all of us over. So I know what it's like to be where that person is, even though I'm not in that physical location or in that neighborhood. I know exactly what it's like to live under that tyranny. Yeah. And now I'm having freedom from it, which is just a natural cause to want to share and be available to others. No matter how far that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. You could feel that when you were putting up the chairs at the meeting. Yeah. Making the coffee, being the greeter. Yeah, it was as simple as that. It was like a kindergarten play and you felt great being in the choir. Yeah, it's just fucking simple feeling of being doing something that wasn't terrible all fucking day. It's fucking great. Let me take that chair for you. Yeah. You started getting greedy with that. Give me that chair. I want to put up all the chairs. <laughs> no matter how for yeah, we will see we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. I remember this happened. I used to go to a Friday meeting, Friday night meeting, and it had a it had a social content to it, yeah. People were meet, meeting each other, going out afterwards, yeah. And I got this, uh, and I liked that possibility to be open. And then they wanted me to be the the secretary. And I, I don't want to be fucking saddled from 8.30 to 9.30 on Friday. You know, I have to clean up. And no, 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 that's going to blunt my agenda. But I said, fuck it. All right. And it was the best six months of Fridays I'd had in years. <laughs> Completely, completely, years and years and years. These were the best Fridays. Did not end up in jail. Did not end up, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, I remember that so, so much because I thought I was going to lose out. Hey, I can't fucking pencil in six months of Fridays. There's a lot of possibilities there I'm handing over to something I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I knew what happened when I handed it over to something that I did know. I was going to be fucked by at least 80% of those Fridays. <laughs> so the batting average was unbelievable in AA. Yeah, unbelievable. So here we go. Uh, no matter that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Exactly. I remember there at that 930 meeting, some of the babes that I was interested in would start coming up and then they would be intercepted by a newcomer. I go, fuck. And I, all right, I'll talk with the newcomer. I watched the girls leave the fucking meeting. <laughs> that newcomer probably saved me from a lot of disastrous shit, really. Yeah. But this is what was happening. And then it just had a momentum. Yeah. Because it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Uh, putting up chairs can do you uh, do a whole lot for you. Yeah. So our whole, our, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Yeah. 
that idea of uh, looking at what you can contribute instead of what you can get, that's a pretty fundamental change in one's attitude. Our whole fear of people and of economic security will leave us. I remember this one miracle I had with AA. Uh, uh, I didn't know I had a terrible staph infection in my body till I got sober to about my second year. I was painting up the building I was living in, in the hate. I had a couple other people who were painting it and my knee was just super red and blown up and I hadn't hit it on anything. And I kept, I went to the hospital and they realized not then, but in about a week or two, I had terrible staph infection. So I was, had to go in there for a month and I wasn't going to be able to work. How am I going to pay the fucking rent and shit? Yeah. So after I get out of the hot and my head is completely relying on itself and it doesn't see any way I can't get any money. So I come out of uh, the hospital and what happens is there's a, a check from the government and it's retroactive. So I get paid like $1,200 from the uh, whatever it was, so social security, something. And I had the money to pay the rent for the three months. It's mind boggling, eh? These things don't go unnoticed if your eyes are open. They should be built. They should be the stones of a new fucking church, a new temple. Yeah. And it did. I've never forgotten it. I was totally flipped out in my little myopic rat like view. I couldn't see how am I going to get the money? Yet something happened. I had been in the hospital earlier and I had signed in for some papers. Oh, it was disability. So when I got I got this disability check and it was retroactive. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when do you give up the fucking ghost? It's just the head that doesn't believe. We believe deep down. We know something is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. It's obvious. Yeah. All right. So fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. Definitely. I feel like I'm taking care of. I was a lot of times, if there was any accounting and graphs, I was definitely in a condition of not being taken care of, but I was living as if I was going to be taken care of. And it was remedied, remedied very quickly. I always been taken care of in 34 years. That's amazing. Eh? So, and I'm very clear, I couldn't do it because I couldn't take care of myself for a day. I really couldn't. I always ended up getting put into a rehab or jail or shit because when I managed life, it led me to having to be managed by others. That's how it went. Yeah. I mean, all the time. So we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. That happens almost every time someone calls me and has one of those uh, airtight cases that they're fucked. Yeah. And you just say, yeah, you're fucked, bro. And uh, whatever, you know, go help someone else. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, do some service. I can't say watch Bloodline anymore because someone just, I heard it before the meeting. They don't like Bloodline on Netflix. <laughs> so we will suddenly realize now I'm in it right this second. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. How do you think these meetings happen every week? 
every Tuesdays and Thursdays. I've been at every Paul Hedeman meeting and Paul, and I've never attended any of them. Yeah. How do you figure that? I have a completely, <laughs> my attendance record sucks. I've been completely absent every one, but I've been at more Paul Hedeman meetings than anyone else. So there you go. Uh, yes, I'd like to end and emphasize the, the present tense state of we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. That's a that's basically the condition during the day. Eh? So. Any other questions now, Mickey? Here I am. Mickey, did I? Uh, I don't see any hands. Um, yes. Do we have any? Okay, Judy George, hang on just a sec. Oh, you're you're unmuted. Okay, Judy, fire away. Um, so. I've been a doing person my whole life and uh, going after fame, fortune, money, got it all. It's sick as a dog throughout all of it. It never knew how sick I was until I started getting involved. And um, I, I, I'm 30 years into um, 12 step program and until now, and that's probably why I wanted to get on uh, your zenbitchslap.com because it's the time somebody could talk that I could get the language. I read page 64 for 30 years and never understood the whole concept behind self. So I was bulimic during all of my fame and fortune. I almost died from it and uh, nobody knew. Um, I was CEO of a multi national company and got arrested in front of my own company, not for, for anything else, but I had a food addiction, just one of the addictions. And I was getting a hot fudge Sunday and uh, left the Emac and Bouillac shop and hit a car and got arrested in front of my company. And that was the beginning of the end for me. Somebody says rock bottom. I think it was disgrace. So I'm doing good when I'm with you and other gatherings. When life comes on, all those old habits, that self, that experience attacks my mind. And I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I know people say don't use the word hope, but I, I don't know how, what, I haven't got the language down, but I, I, I'm hoping with doing uh, and getting involved in all these uh, gatherings that there's I can be, I can, I can go from a doing person to a being person. I just don't know how to do that yet. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. I hear you and I see you suffered and you did it. So if you can do it, I'm I hope this doesn't sound egotistical. I can do it. Yeah. I hope. Well, yeah. I think that's why, uh, life has us go to such a low point because then anyone who sees us says if they can do it i can do it <laughs> so so basically 
the lowness of the point you ended up in is being put to great use. Yeah, because almost anyone can say, if he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> I don't know if I like that as a compliment, but I'm going to take it that way. <laughs> no, I mean in my own head. But yeah, we're happy, honey. Thank you. And the beautiful thing is, things will work for you until you can stand up on your own also. Yeah, so take advantage of, of the support. But the support is doesn't become a crutch. It's a support so that you can walk again. Yeah, it's not a the point to become dependent on a crutch, but for it to allow you to walk freely. Yeah. That's that's my hope anyway. Yeah. But so, it's okay to use it as a crutch to start so you can walk on yes, your own. Of course, exactly. That's what it's here for. We we admit that we're powerless. Yeah, we can't get up on our own two feet. So we use the we of the program until we can stand on our own two feet and then we can turn around and help other people who can't stand on their own two feet. Yes in this little imagery yes so this is the beautiful thing of recovery it's a symbiotic situation you need to hear the message yeah i need to carry it i need to hear the message and you need to carry it so it's a beautiful symbiotic thing yes sometimes i'm the one who hears it sometimes i'm the one who carries it yes it's just the way it goes and it's a mutual shift there's no, yeah, there's no carrier only of the message. It's always carrier, receive, receive, carry. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I am the supreme carrier of the message. <laughs> I do not need to receive any. <laughs> I'm happy to meet you, Judy, and yeah, you're welcome. Anytime you want to drop into these. And there's a community that sometimes stays later and you can meet up. And Mickey and these some of these women here are profoundly uh, powerful. So yeah, hook up with them, eh? Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah, Any Judy, you sure are in the right place. Thank you, Mickey. Stick around. I am going to. Good for you. And thanks, Paul. No I don't problem. see I don't see anybody else who uh, is raising their little virtual hand. Oh, that's great. We can end. So uh, you're successful, aren't you? Yes, this is one of my uh, greatest moments. When all the hands stay down. Yes. It's a lovely, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm, uh, nice to see everybody here today. We got Bill from Delaware and I think, uh, Kathleen is also from Delaware in, an, in another lazy boy. They've got two different lazy boys. That's pretty good. I like that. We got Helena, Helena E. Nice to see you, Helena. Helena has her hand up. Oh, Helena, come on. 
What is it? Hi, everybody. Thank you. It's Helena. Um, Helena. Yes. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I uh, it's my first time coming to a live meeting. I've listened to some of your stuff on YouTube and just really appreciate um, everything you're sharing just about your experience and self can't get out of self. I too um, struggle with food addiction and whatever dabbled in drugs and alcohol and all of that. But um, yeah, there, I get tripped up on still wanting to yeah, the self still wants to get well, get abstinent, heal. And uh, you're just like helping me pull way back um, to uh, a point of view, a higher perspective that's really helpful. I'm just pulling out of it completely um, instead of <laughs> staying in the soup and just like, yeah swimming in circles. So I just really appreciate it. I'm just taking it all in, really taking it in. And um, also study A Course in Miracles and a lot of it can be very lofty and abstract, but you're just um, putting it all together in a practical practical way, a practic the practical application of it all, both of it, program 12 step and the course and I just uh just want to say I appreciate you and the message um yeah thanks thanks thank you and and uh you know <clears throat> part of the addiction is that drive to do yeah doing is not always the right tool to uh use in some cases yes so a lot of times there's just an admittance and just uh, observe that something is doing and can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And then honor it when you have the joy of witnessing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, of course, when you feel like uh, you feel like you, you were the doer of all those things, you want to get to down to business and change everything immediately. But yeah. it doesn't really work that way. Yeah, because it's the application of the same failed system to the solution. So the solution has its own application. Yeah, and it's a it's a reliance on a higher power program, not a self-reliance program. Yeah, and it doesn't leave that reliance on a higher power to become a self-reliance program. It's not that way. The theme is basically uh, a recognition let's say of the futility of self trying to get out of self, these things become clear recognitions and, and there's a being convinced and that they don't come up with debate or review anymore. And you now you have a solid footing based on how you find yourself, not how the head presents you, but how actually you find yourself. Yeah. And you now start witnessing the workings of something greater than the head. And when you do, it's like it says, you know, when they talk about fear, they say fear sets in motion tra trains of circumstances that bring us misfortune we feel we don't deserve. Yeah, you make a decision based out of fear or self. They're the same, really. 
So it sets off trains of circumstances that bring you misfortune you feel you don't deserve. Okay. What happens with AA, you know, this a decision or, or or an action coming from direction of the higher power sets off trains of circumstances. But in this case, it brings you fortune that you feel you don't deserve. And that's gratitude, really. That's what happens. Yeah. It's the same mm-hmm. sequence. It's just the difference is what's conducting the sequence. It's either the higher power or self in the view of recovery. Yeah. It's either perhaps there's a better way, trusting the infinite rather than finite self. That's the deal. Yeah. We admit we can't stop trusting finite self as finite self. And so we submit ourselves and the program changes that faith in finite self and shifts it to a faith in the infinite. And while you see the infinite demonstrate in your life, you honor it, you, you know, you honor it, you pay attention to it. And uh, you have a, you're building a new you in a way and each brick is intimately put in place. You, you're been awake to it. You, you are awake to your fun, your incomprehensible demoralized condition afterwards thank god you realized that and now you have you every building of the new whatever you have an intimacy you felt that brick yes because you were here you were present yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh you know where we have a new employer and one of the clear things is we're not it yeah we're not the new employer. We're the newly employed. See, we are what gets used. The user is the employer, and the employer now is a higher power. We had an old employer that was using us, just like the new empower was using us, but how and how, and how it appeared by the using of you is completely different based on the the employer's position not yours but the employer's condition the higher power has a whole different view of things than the lower power yeah it just does yeah and so all we do is do what we're taught you know suggested and you you'll witness the transfer from the old employer to the new employer the old employer may want to send you love letters usually hate letters and shit but now you're not answering <laughs> and then you just keep following the higher power. And when there's mistakes, those mistakes have value because you actually become more convinced. Yeah. So whatever happens under the influence of the higher power, you see value in everything. It's wild. Where when you were in the lower power, man, it was distinctly this sucks and this is great. Yeah. No. That's why you come in AA, you have a story of the worst thing that ever happened to you. And then after a few months, you see it as the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, because it brought you to AA and AA is now setting you free from the bondage of self. We're participating in that. So all the meanings that are being given aren't given by you. They're given through you, either by the higher power or the lower power. Yeah. I mean, I'm sick and tired of reading, you know, the the graffiti in the bathroom of the lower power. <laughs> Just exhausted by it all. Paul sucks. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean? I hate the whole yeah. world. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Elena. So if you're, you know, use the people in AA to support you as you continue, yeah? And uh, because it's great for them also. Yeah, it's helpful. I'm just, you know, I think what's getting reinforced over and over is like that asking for help and that joining with my brothers or my fellows like is so integral because that, uh, that temptation or that impulse is still there to um, yeah. the old ways, the old habits, the, yeah, what you were just talking about, how it's just like, that still comes up. And uh, yeah, leaning on my brothers is so key, so key. Um, and of course, the ego would want me to just, the self wants me to do it all on my own, right? <laughs> of course, um, yeah. Yeah. It wants, to, it wants to have you alone in doing it all on your own. Yeah, I got, this. I got this. Yeah, yeah. like I, this time I've got this. You know, I yeah. can do this. And yeah, it's, God forbid uh, I expose my weakness or, you know, that I'm whatever the judgment yeah, is. Exactly. See, so we do differently than what we used to be determined to do by what we were listening to. That's the breaking of the self's back. Yeah. He witnessed it over time. I was going to split at that incident on that mountain. I had every fucking cell in my body was telling me to escape because I thought I had already surmised I was into a lot of trouble. And I didn't. Something kept me there. It wasn't me. <laughs> no way. And I fucking honored the hell out of that moment because nothing mm. happened. The whole thing just blew over like that. It was like it was staged to see which way I was going to go, really. And, yeah. uh, you know, Grasshopper completed the first mission. <laughs> <laughs> and that urge to do the old behavior, that's how it gets broken, by doing new behavior. One habit replaces the other habit. Yeah. If you don't have another habit replace the old habit, you're just going to have the old habits. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah. So, well said process we're in yeah all right yeah. thank you yeah so much patience and grace thank you you're welcome everyone else i'm gonna say goodbye mika mika Mike. yeah mickey mickey here i, I am Micah, Micah. all right <laughs> there's tommy nina, nice uh, tina. <laughs> yeah nina tina mina Hey, you finally got that straight. Don't, don't no, tell me back there. Wow. It. <laughs> very, clear. very clear about it because I met the Nina, not the Tina or the Mina. So now I know. Yeah. There's Tommy who I never see, but we know he's here. Mickey, as always. Thanks. Job. Nice job, Mickey. Short and sweet. Very nice. We got Bill in Delaware. And I know someone else in Delaware is lurking close by. We got Judy G. Nice to see you, Judy. Just remember, you're in good hands now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don O, as always, nice to see you. Joseph from France, always a pleasure. We got Connor with something looking over his shoulder. There it is. Nice to see you, Connor. Nice to see you. Yes. We got Jeff, Jeff P. He's riding the bike. Everybody having a nice time. Very nice. Very nice. Lebowski. James Lebowski ran out of checks in his checkbook. He had to come to the Zoom. 
Yeah. He's dying to get that half and half. <laughs> I'll see you, man. <laughs> Nina, I will never make the mistake again, Nina. Don't worry. Helena, I got, see, I already Thank made you, Paul. it. Thank you, You're welcome. Helena, nice to meet you. Kathleen, I know she's in Delaware. I can sense the presence of another man. We got Eric, Eric D. Nice to meet you, Eric. We'll see you again. Michael Stacy, I hope Saul's well, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Our dog is in heat, so do not take any messages from Amelia. Do not do not receive any big black dog that's brought to you. Do not introduce it to any of your male dogs. All right? That's clear. Thank you. Okay. Sure, <laughs> sir. Oh, good. Good. I'm going to, Amelia's leaving next week. I'm going to have the dog here myself. So I got to keep an eye on her. Yeah. Okay, I'll be up on Friday. <laughs> make it a nice one, at, at least. If it has to happen, make it a nice one. Yeah. We got Kurt, always. Nice to see you, Kurt. Roman, Roman, we're all going to Italy, unless the boot falls off or something happens. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, I recommend anyone. The way I always went on trip was buying the ticket first. I never saved up for a trip ever since I've been sober. I just bought the ticket and I always had money. That's what, I like it that way. So if you want to go to Italy and hang out with us, why not? Yeah, life will take care of you. Don't expect me to though, but life will. <laughs> uh, Stefan on having never left. Kerry, my main man in Hawaii. Kerry took very well good care of us when we were there. Thank you, Kerry. Uh, you made the best. You took care of us, man, with the coffee. The good That's coffee. Right. Well, it's all uh, it's all uh, it's a win-win thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll be back there to make sure you're drinking the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we got Grateful Dave, Grateful Dave, yeah. We got Oliver from Berlin. I like those outfits. That was, that jacket on Oliver's thing, it was what, was what I wore to that place, Rossi's Market. That's how I stole the shit. It was a big, long jacket like that, thinking I looked very anonymous. What, what an insane condition I was in. Slip them in there. Uh, we got <laughs> uh, Moni. Moni is a beautiful picture. Amy, Seattle. Senna. Hey, Lucas. Oh, I got to get in touch with Zach. I forgot. I got to talk to that guy. Uh, we got DB. Who else? Uh, I think that's about it. If I haven't caught, caught you, uh, just a universal hello. You have something on Saturday. And if you're interested in what's going on, zenbitchslap.com event page tells you all the talks. We have a live talk in Northern Marin, Northern California every Saturday at 1 uh, Pacific, and we do a Zoom from that. So I'll see you guys.